Welcome to this show. Coming up, Jeff Quattromani talks home security improvements and Adobe has a brand new app. In tech news this week, big story that has just broken today, the ACCC and Lime Scooters. We've put the press release on cybershack.com. You can find the link just uh, under the show in the comments section today. Big story though, because in the state of Queensland, you can ride uh, scooters like Lime Scooters on footpaths uh, completely legally. Now, the ACCC has come out with a court enforceable undertaking that says the guys at Lime Scooters, for want of a better word, made out that their scooters were safer than potentially was the case. Now, there's been a number of accidents from consumers of the Lime Scooter service in the state of Queensland, broken bones, chipped teeth, because the braking mechanism on the Lime Scooter could uh, cause the Lime Scooter to stop suddenly and the rider of it to fall off. Now, some uh, local organisations are now calling for electric scooters of any kind to be banned from Brisbane streets and Queensland streets uh, across the state. Um, If you've ever ridden on one of these things, in my view, they're completely safe. I mean, we rode on uh, a similar product in Paris, uh, not on the footpaths, I have to say. It was on the actual streets. In Paris, you're not allowed to ride them on the footpath, but the speed of the traffic, the terrain that you're riding on, it's very flat, and they are one of the best ways of getting around the streets of Paris, I've got to say, because you just walk out your front door, there's a scooter there, jump on, flick the app, off you go, and you're riding across uh, with... GPS guidance to the location you want to go to. The cars seem to not try and knock you over, which is a bonus. Um, but you get through this, the traffic and the streets very, very, very quickly. Um, Brisbane and around Queensland, uh, you have the ability to ride on the footpaths as long as you're doing it safely. Um, I think the roads, uh, when I've visited Brisbane and Queensland, are probably a little bit more dangerous uh, in a number of areas anyway. But this one's going to be discussed because one of the things about Queensland has been, compared to New South Wales, you can ride these kinds of um, electric vehicles on the footpaths and do so legally. Will this change? I don't know. But this has been uh, one little adjustment, I guess, a wrinkle for the development of electronic scooters and uh, other such vehicles in the state of Queensland. More, no doubt, will come about in the coming weeks on this one. Smart home accessories range from smart displays and speakers that can help you with daily tasks to smart light bulbs that automatically turn on when you get home. Here's a few of our favourites to get you started with a smart home. The Lenovo Smart Clock is an amazing little device that does a lot more than simple alarms. Of course, it has a small speaker on the back to sound alarms and a display on the front to show the time. With Google Assistant built in, the smart clock can also control your other devices, like turning on your lights in the morning or opening your automated curtains. It's also got Spotify built in for playing relaxing music or podcasts to send you to sleep. With a friendly fabric-covered exterior, 
and an extra USB output for charging your devices overnight, the Lenovo Smart Clock is certainly welcome on any nightstand. Navigating smart light bulbs can be difficult. There's a bunch of different options on the market and they all feature different compatibility and companion apps. Connect has a range of smart light bulb solutions that simplify the choices a little. The company offers either RGB or white light bulbs in either 10 watt or 5 watt brightness and with support for all standard bulb fixtures, including downlight plugs. Connect also offers a smart wall switch to replace your standard wall switch to control all your lights and set schedules through the companion app. If you're looking to add that extra flair to your smart home, why not try automatic curtain rods? Connect's smart curtain rail can be opened using a command word or through routines, allowing you to set a time that they should open. And you can even tell them to close based on your location when you leave the house, offering automated privacy for your home while you're away. Smart homes can really be customised based on the products you add to your network, whether it's an alarm clock that can read you out your daily schedule in the morning or a fancy automatic curtain rod. These products are a great way to add some convenience into your daily life. All right, the biggest creator of creativity tools on the planet is Adobe. They make all sorts of different applications that help us to be more creative in our businesses and I guess in our daily lives as well. And they've got a brand new one that they have just brought out. It's it's a very, uh, it's an app. It's, uh, and it's, it's quite, there's, a, there's a bunch of unique stuff about this one that I really want to drill into a little bit. So I thought we'd have a chat today with Michael Stoddart from Adobe to take us through the brand new Adobe Photoshop camera app. How are you, Michael? Charlie, great. Thanks for your time. It's good to be here. Oh, look, good to have you. Um, like, like so many people, I've been using Adobe applications of various types in various ways for many, many years now. So I was a little bit surprised when um, a company that I have known to be providing services and applications for businesses, especially creativity-focused businesses, all of a sudden came out with an app that everybody could download for their phone. What's the overall point to begin with? Well, thanks, Charlie. The overall point is that Adobe believes in creativity for all. That's uh, one of our mission statements. And whilst we've been in this game for a long time, we were part of the invention of desktop publishing last century, Today, we know that everybody wants to be creative, uh, whether you're an individual social media influencer or a CEO of a multinational company. Everybody wants to express themselves in a creative way. And of course, these days, everybody's number one tool for doing most things is your mobile device, your phone. And so we have a number of applications available on uh, mobile phone. And the, the one we're talking about today, Photoshop Camera, is uh, the latest to enable you to uh, be creative uh, anywhere you want to be. Michael, there's a lot of different apps around that manipulate photos that we've taken on our smartphones, uh, like Instagram's one of them. Where does Adobe Photoshop Camera start uh, and those other apps stop? I mean, what's the bit that you're doing better than everybody else? Well, Photoshop Camera is powered by our artificial intelligence. Uh, we call it Sensei. We've been in the photography business for a long time, uh, so we know what makes a good photo from the technical side of things. 
So Photoshop camera allows you to take a good photo immediately. Uh, right lighting, whether that's a photo of your friends, of food, of a landscape. So it's an AI-powered camera app. But also it has lots of great filters. So we let people be very, very creative and add these filters, which you won't find anywhere. Uh, and we have relationships with great creative people. Uh, Billie Eilish, for example, is uh, in the release. But where it goes is, of course, you can work in Photoshop camera uh, making your own edits, but of course, then you can move it into Photoshop uh, on the iPad or on the phone as well, all the way up to full desktop Photoshop if you, if you want to go there. So you're not limited. Having said that, Photoshop camera is a great start and it's got uh, it's everything you probably want uh, to begin with, but you're never going to run out of headroom if you want to get further into photography. So is this about giving us a taste? Is it about getting us started with something that's quick and accessible, um, getting us into the Photoshop ecosystem, so to speak, getting us trialing it. And then from there, we can grow into a full-fledged application and, and, and much deeper manipulation, should we choose to? Well, yes, but um, don't get me wrong. Photoshop camera is deep. It's easy. It's fun to get into. But uh, the filters and effects that you can apply can all be adjusted. So if you're looking to move into uh, technical areas of depth of field or saturation or highlight or bokeh lights, um, all of these are photography terms uh, in a really accessible app that lets you uh, come to grips with them in an in a easy-to-get-started way. But there's a lot of depth in Photoshop camera. You should check it out. Yeah, no, I've been looking at it. It's, it's quite... It's quite easy as well. I mean, I think that's the obviously the goal here too, right? I mean, when we talk about the big, well-known Instagram, I mean, it, was, it became popular because it, it, it made it easy. Is that the overarching goal here? Yes, as I said, we've traditionally been associated with uh, creative professionals, but everybody wants to be creative. Everybody is creative, and there's absolutely no reason why being creative has to be hard. Uh, in fact, some, some of the best creativities with the simplest of tools. So, yeah, Photoshop camera is really easy to get into. It's really powerful, but it also allows you to tell a really good story because it does allow you to do a lot within that, uh, within that same app and, um, and then share it and, and, uh, and, and show everybody what you can do. So your ultimate goal here, correct me if I'm wrong, is that everybody moves from using the, the other app that they're using even in a much smaller way, and they come across the Photoshop camera and they use that as the primary mechanism to be the creative outlet for their photos on their smartphone. And then they can go back to whatever it is around social platforms that they're using from there once they've manipulated those photos. Well, yes, they can. We'd like to think that they're going to have so much fun with Photoshop camera that they'll stay with Photoshop camera, um, mm. get more into photography or get more into storytelling through Photoshop camera. Uh, we're going to be releasing new lenses every week. Uh, there's a whole lot in there to start with. So they can uh, spend all the time they like in Photoshop camera. But, yeah, we don't limit anybody. Uh, if you want to go further into the Photoshop ecosystem, you can go all the way into that. Or, of course, you can take your images back out into other applications. But um, we think you'll uh, have a lot of time in Photoshop camera and be able to do everything you need to do. Let's take a step back for a second. The point of all this, you're not actually making any money. It's not a 99-cent app um, that you're selling on the App Store, right? You're providing it at no charge. 
Um, so what's the what's the model here? I mean, how, why why do it at all? You're not making money from this. Well, that's correct. We're a large company. We want to uh, democratize creativity. As I said, uh, we firmly believe in creativity for all. Uh, this allows a, a broader audience to come to uh, understand Photoshop. Uh, a lot of people may. Uh, be aware of Photoshop, but make the assumption that it's too difficult, too big, too hard. And there's absolutely no reason why being creative needs to be hard. So Photoshop Camera is just the way that Adobe um, is able to show the power of Photoshop and our photography AI uh, to everybody, uh, to as broad a uh, range of people as possible. But in the same way, um, just simply allow them to get on board. And if they uh, want to grow in that space, we have other options for them. But if you don't, mm. if you just want to be a social media influencer or a photographer, Photoshop camera uh, will we'll grow with you. It is um, interesting as well. I saw through the announcements just over the last couple of days around this AI technology coming into other areas of your business, Creative Cloud, for example. Is it the same AI um, platform that both services are using here? I mean, is this... Is the, is the Adobe Photoshop camera just sort of another bolt-on to take advantage of the technology and AI that you've already developed? Yes, we've been in the imaging business for a long time. And so we know what uh, a face is and we know what makes a good photo. Uh, so some of that AI technology is in all of our applications. And yes, it's the same AI technology in Photoshop camera that is in Photoshop Desktop or Photoshop Lightroom, uh, put to different uses, uh, for an example. Uh, mm -hmm. The our AI, though, always exists on device. So all of these cool techniques that you can do in Photoshop Camera happen on the phone itself, um, live on the phone. You don't send your photo to us. Um, all the technology mm -hmm. happens on the device itself. And so, yes, to answer your question, it's the same AI. We have a deep, rich imaging um, artificial intelligence because we've, we've been in the, in the game for so very long. Could we look ahead for a second here? Uh, one of the things we um, that, that is a barrier to entry uh, to really getting the best experience out of something like this is the amount of power that you got on your smartphone. Uh, $1,500 phone, $2, up to $2,000 phone, amazing graphical processing ability, those kinds of things. In the future, though, we're looking at cloud solutions uh, with a 5G enablement that allow this kind of thing to happen. Uh, do you know of Adobe working in that particular area? Is that something that, uh, as a business, that you would look to move to? Because I guess as 5G comes in, as a uh, cloud solution becomes able to do the heavy lifting of these photo manipulations, you could move to a $1,000 camera, $500 camera, uh, sorry, $1,000 phone, $500 phone, even $100 phone, as long as the lens capture is good, but the manipulation can be done on a server at Adobe. Yes, we're aware of that, but we, we fundamentally believe in uh, maintaining the AI uh, on the device. Um, mm. We're not in a game of data, to, data capture. Um, and as you say, as devices get more and more powerful, uh, and the ability to communicate with that device gets easier, then yes, it's just going to mean that you're able to do things uh, more quickly. And it brings in the collaboration aspect. So once you want to move from your phone to your desktop, um, now it only takes probably 10 or 20 seconds to get that photo up to the cloud and back to your desktop. 
it'll be instantaneous with 5G. And it does allow us um, to uh, continue that move towards mobile devices. We have Photoshop um, on the iPad. Um, we have Premiere Rush on the phone. These are these are full functioning uh, video and photo editing tools on a mobile device that a few years ago would have been um, unthinkable. So as technology improves, Adobe always wants to be uh, able to allow our customers to take advantage of that technology, but you don't require it. You don't have to have the latest of every device in order to use our technology. So, yeah, uh, the the uh, growth of 5G will allow us to collaborate better amongst our creative community uh, and allow us to continue to um, move the needle on um, what you can do on these devices. You talk about creativity and being able to have it everywhere. My best experience was with Premiere at 33,000 feet cutting a video for a client mm -hmm. between Berlin and London so I could complete it and upload it from the lounge before flying back to Sydney. That was uh, my little event with creativity uh, and doing it anywhere possible. So look, it's a, it's a wonderful world that we're working in around technology and look, no doubt Adobe Photoshop camera, the app is just another extension of that. Michael Studdart from Adobe, thank you so much for your time. Best of luck with the app and uh, for everyone, go out and download it and give it a go. Look, thanks very much for the time. And uh, it's a really cool app. Um, I've been using it a lot. Uh, so I look forward to seeing everybody sharing it. And I'll be following you on the social media to see what you can do with it. Fantastic. Thanks, Michael. This is Genie, the touchscreen device delivering your favorite streaming entertainment. It's smart, safe, and fits in your pocket. You'll notice that Genie has no cameras as this is an entertainment device. Every Jimmy has Bluetooth and Wi-Fi connectivity, a 5-inch plastic touchscreen, FM radio receiver, and a 2,200 milliamp hour battery. We've also included basic parental controls allowing you to pin lock the apps and settings on every Jimmy. Don't know the pin? Then you can't open the app. There are three versions of Jimmy. Jimmy, Jimmy Plus, and Jimmy Connect. Jimmy is perfect for listening to apps like Spotify and Apple Music with limited distractions. Jimmy Plus has the same hardware but is a Google registered device. So we've pre-installed some Google services like YouTube, Google Maps and Chrome. And you can download and install your favorite apps via the Google Play Store. Jimmy Connect is just like the Jimmy Plus but with 4G connectivity. Your Jimmy Connect will stream your favorite entertainment via Wi-Fi and 4G, make and receive calls and also text. With Jimmy Connect, we've included the ability to personalize the incoming and outgoing call and SMS experience using our preloaded call block. Block or approve incoming calls and SMS traffic as you decide. Find your Jimmy, a safer, smart device. Well, home security is a big topic in Australia at the moment. It's one of the fastest growing areas of consumer technology, putting up cameras around your house, uh, wireless cameras, cabled cameras, uh, a bit of both. Uh, we're doing it more and more than ever. I mean, even Bunnings had a TV ad the other day saying that their lovely hardware dudes in there will help you with your home security system which, um, look, you know, the more the merrier, right? The more advice you can get, the better it is. Today, uh, we're talking with Jeff Quattromani, tech expert, friend of the show about the new Arlo 
floodlight camera uh, that we spoke to Arlo about a few weeks ago, but Jeff has been playing with it. How are you, Jeff? I'm really well, Charlie. How are you? I'm good. Now, you've got it there. It's not completely behaving itself all the time. Every time you touch it, it goes on, so your face your face might illuminate a little bit through the discussion. But first thoughts of this brand new floodlight camera? Look, the the Arlo Pro Three floodlight camera is is something I've been testing. Um, for a lot of us, we've all been sitting at home and protecting our homes as we're all there. But as we start to venture out and maybe do some travel or weekends away. Having a security camera makes a lot of sense. You'll get alerts on your mm. smartphone. You'll be able to see footage and even interact live uh, in two-way conversation through these security cameras. The The floodlight, though, adds by name. The biggest thing that you'll actually want to see for nighttime vision is a huge-sized floodlight. You can see just how bright this thing is when it does light up. Mm. Around two to 3,000 lumens, it's extremely bright. And what it means is you're not so much worried about poor night vision quality because of that bright light, you'll get color almost like daytime uh, footage straight to your phone and being recorded into the cloud. So a huge benefit just by adding lights to a security system. There are other floodlight cameras around as we know, but this one, the mechanism for powering the floodlight and the camera itself is actually battery operated. How important is that? Look, it makes a big difference because for a lot of us, running wiring and things like that requires an electrician and extra costs. So for me, uh, this was something I could mount myself. It uh, didn't require any any particular skills, just a screwdriver and making sure I could put it into the into the uh, brickwork or the wall itself. For me, the, the battery is impressive because it is an extra large size compared to what you normally get in the Pro 3 cameras. So you do have that extra battery capacity for the floodlight. However, it's extremely important that when you do set this up, you pay attention to the zones that it actually monitors because most people put this you know, on their driveway or facing their driveway. And if a car goes past, you don't want that floodlight activating every time because it's really going to hamper your battery life. So anybody who sets this up, there's a really great app that comes with it to allow you to say, only turn the floodlight on and record footage when I'm, someone is in my driveway or actually someone has driven in, that's when you want that floodlight to come on because otherwise battery life will start to deteriorate very quickly as I did learn as well. Well, on that, you don't just, we don't just, you know, we're looking at these products, um, open them up, look at them and go, wow, this is great. We, we run them through their paces. Uh, talk to me about the battery life and the actual user experience that you found after you installed it and had it running at your place for, for a few days over a week, for example. Yeah, absolutely. So the first 24 hours was a big learning curve for me because I just got it set up. I already have an Arlo system in the home, um, but it was actually easier to set up. And I'll say as well that if you don't have any security system at all, this one will work independently. So this one doesn't require a hub or anything special. You can get just the camera and the app and away you go. Um, but once I did set this up within that first 24 hours, my biggest learning curve was that notification zone and knowing um, what you want the camera to actually film because I lost almost all the battery in that first evening because essentially wow. that floodlight was on the entire time. So having it set up properly and spending, you know, 10 minutes doesn't take long just to draw that rectangle around your driveway or the area that you care about uh, does make a huge difference. And once I've done that, I've taken it off the wall this morning to talk about today, but it's been at least two weeks and there's plenty of battery life left. So my driveway is not that busy. Uh, depending on how much activity it needs to monitor, you could easily get a month, maybe two months uh, out of this camera. All depends on how much that light is turning on though. And depends, of course, whether you want to 
go and attach the solar panel accessory as well. Um, the, the, the other question is, look, Arlo don't price themselves at the bottom or mid point in the market. They really are a, a, a top premium player in terms of uh, the products they're offering. And look, I, I get it that they're selling premium products. They're not going to charge the, pre the cheapest prices. Where, where does this one sit in terms of pricing? And what did you think about that compared to some of the competition out there? Yeah, look, it, it, at four forty nine, it is a more expensive camera than you'll find out there. However, what I do love about the Arlo brand is that the quality of the footage, the the speed in which it works, the app that comes with it, it is all premium. the The other catch that people need to be aware of, and this is across the board with all security cameras, is cloud recording or cloud storage usually costs money per month as well. So Arlo do have plans around that from five to fifteen dollars per month. Uh, that you need to pay attention to depending on what your requirements are. So if all you want is just the camera and you don't need that cloud storage, you don't need to worry about that subscription. But for a lot of people, especially if you do go on holidays, you might want to look at footage that happened seven days ago, and that's where you need that cloud recording. So do pay attention to those extra fees. And when you are shopping about, do compare the others, whether it's Swan, D-Link and others. They've all got their own subscription plans. You need to pay attention because there is an ongoing cost beyond just what you have in the camera itself. Very good advice, Jeff Quattromani, tech expert, friend of the CyberShack live TV show here across Facebook and YouTube. Thank you for joining us today. Next week, we will talk smartphones. We've got a very special bake-off for you against two of the kings of the smartphone business. Jeff, thanks for your time. We'll see you next week. Thank you, Charlie. Predator gaming monitors are some of the best on the market with excellent brightness, response times and colour gamut. Infused with 200Hz speed fast refresh rate, a 21 by 9 aspect ratio and futuristic elements, the Acer Predator X35 is ready to unleash its gaming ability. Giving you even more screen with its zero frame design, the Predator X35 was made to game. With a peak 1000 nits of brightness in HDR mode, it means glare won't be an issue, even in tricky lighting situations. Take full advantage of smooth gaming with NVIDIA G-Sync. This means the monitor can match the refresh rate to the current frame rate, meaning tear-free gaming will be the new norm. Whether you need a competitive edge in your online gaming or a considerable monitor to get immersed in your single-player action, Ace's Predator range is a great choice. This segment is brought to you by Jimmy, the safer smart device. Thank you for all your questions during the week on email and in the comments section on the various platforms where you're watching this content. We really appreciate it. Leonie has sent through a question. Uh, she has a Oppo R11 and she's commenting that she heard on the radio show that we do every Saturday morning uh, on various radio stations across the country that we talked about Boost and their $150 um, 12-month prepaid offer, 80 gigabytes, calls, text. Um, would that be a good plan for her Oppo R11 that she has? She's currently on a Telstra annual uh, SIM plan where she basically doesn't use the, the SIM. She's planning to use the SIM more um, and she's thinking, would this be a good replacement? I think it'd be a perfect replacement for Leone because Boost, the reseller or the MVNO, 
actually hubs off the Telstra network. So there's not gonna be really much change there. Um, gonna get 4G speeds uh, as she normally is, but she's just doing it via boost. Uh, and she's getting a bit more surety and a little bit more value included rather than going directly to Telstra itself. Not a bad thing to consider if, uh, if you're looking to be on Telstra but save some money as well. So yeah, go for it, Leonie, I think. Um, Eddie has sent through a question about home security because we have talked a lot about wireless home security. He says that he wants a wired home security solution that also has the ability to attach a connected doorbell as well. Well, one of the ones to look out for is Swan because they know not just have wired solutions uh, into a DVR box that records on your premises and can back up to cloud, but they also have the ability to attach various wireless cameras as well uh, connected to a home Wi-Fi network if you choose to do that. But they also have quite a sophisticated doorbell solution too that you can uh, add to your front door. It's a wired solution, but that's something to consider as well. But that's the brand that I would be going for if you're looking for that one. And that's tech questions for this week. If you have any questions in the comments below, thank you to all the people that sent them in over the course of the week. Thanks for tuning in. Big thanks to Michael Stoddart from Adobe, Jeff Quattromani as well, and Jeff will be back next week on the show. Make sure you leave your comments in the comments section or send us an email and check out that press release about the ACCC decision about Lime Scooters in Queensland as well. Interesting one there. We'll be back next week with more CyberShack.